You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. I love this song. I haven't heard it in so long. Like early 2000s Acom. Good choice, Bobby. Thank you. I made the choice. That's right, guys. Welcome into The Last Ship After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. I will take credit for this song choice. For once, I did something right. I'm your host, Bobby DeMiro, joined as always by my wonderful panel here on The Last Ship. I shouldn't say as always because I was gone last week. My bad. Uh, Monty Bolanos next to me and across the table here in Studio A today, we've got Charlotte Broadbent and Marina Santos. Hello. Hello. Glad to be back. You guys feel far away now at this table. We usually far away. I know. It's like an intense eye conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Usually you're right here. I can just hit you. I'm not even entirely sure how to take that, but okay. (laughs) I'm going to put you on lockdown. You guys see what I did there? Oh, nice. Lockdown. This is season one, episode six, Lockdown, hence the joke and the Akon song. Mm -hmm. We got a lot to talk about today on The Last Ship. First off, I know I wasn't here last week, but big thanks to Alex Fernandez for coming out, doing that. I know it was a lot of fun. You guys had a lot of fun with him, and I know Mm -hmm. he liked it and was tweeting about it. So Yes, absolutely. It was a great time. And I believe, I don't want to call out who yet, but we have been talking to somebody else who will appear later on The Last Ship who is going to be in studio two weeks from now on another episode. It's not Eric Dane. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry, ladies. Shucks. It's not him. <laughs> but there will be another guest here on The Last Ship in a couple of weeks. So I don't want to say too much more. We'll uh, maybe tease that next week. But let's jump into the show now. We've got a lot to yeah. talk about. I love every episode of this show. This Legitimately, we do a lot of television here at AfterBuzz. Some of the shows I love, some of them I struggle to love. <laughs> this one I just love. I really like The Last Ship, and I thought this episode was, again, one of the best ones we've seen. It gets better every week. I don't know about y'all. Great episode for me today. Yeah. yeah. I really, really enjoyed good. it. There was a lot going on. At with the same time. with with almost nothing going on, they didn't yeah. do anything. They didn't go but there was a lot going <laughs> There's a on. A lot of drama in <laughs> the ship. Exactly, they were able to. It was a new twist. It was all just in the ship, which you would think could be boring, but they made it a great episode. And thank God for Tex Nolan and people like that, giving a little <laughs> yes. bit of comedic value, yeah. having Quincy being a little bit of a, an evil person on a ship where mm. nobody else is evil. We got a lot to talk about. Oh, with yeah. we do. <laughs> all right, let's get started and let's talk about Quincy and the crew and and. We're going to go to Rachel Scott later, and we will talk about Foster and Danny's relationship at the end. But let's start with kind of the crux of the episode, which is what happened to create the lockdown and all this stuff. So we start with the communications people, which we've seen before, listening to the radio. And when we see this scene with the communications folks, we start to learn that maybe it's not as bad as a mutiny. But people on the ship are starting to grumble. And this is our first idea, really our big first big idea in the episode, that people don't know what's going on. The crew doesn't know what's going on. They're not sure what's happening in the communications room. And they want answers. And then we see Jeter and Slattery and Chandler meeting. Which, by the way, Marina, I said this to you when we were watching. Jeter has come out of nowhere to assert himself as a commander in the lieutenant level or whatever. He wasn't like this a couple weeks ago. No. Yeah. He definitely stepped up and he's being talking a lot more and having more um, 
leadership, leadership, and yeah. saying and what's going on. I like that. It's like the three amigos. Yeah, no, I like it too. <laughs> I think I think the serious. Chandler the Chandler Slattery relationship has changed and developed, and I liked it. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I said Slattery was going to be the mutineer, and he's mm-hmm. not. He's mm-hmm. very loyal. But they did need somebody else there, and Jeter gives them a little more gravitas to have three people do whatever. And Jeter, in this scene that I'm talking about, he's the one who wanted to spare details about El Toro, didn't want to say anything to the crew. Chandler, we will see, doesn't want to spare details and wants to be honest. But Jeter was kind of talking to him about that, and we see this interesting idea, and I don't know about you guys, but I will ask this question. Chandler came clean with the crew over the intercom somewhat at first, and then at the end of the episode came very clean and showed everything. Was Chandler right to do that and be clean with everybody and be totally transparent, or should he have stayed in command and given everybody on a need-to-know basis information? I will, I'll say this. I think half-truths are just as bad as lies, and I think that's what he was doing in the ship. He was just telling partial truth to what was going on, and people were finding out other things that you know, didn't match with what Chandler was saying. And it just made this whole situation worse. So if nothing was happening, you know, if there was no virus, I think he didn't have to tell them what was going on. But it's been, what, about six months now that they're out in the ocean. They are probably the only people who are able to create a cure. And yet nobody even know what's going on. So I think he was right to come out clean. And, you know, the crew really respected him him afterwards for doing that. I think he was right to say, I think they needed something. I don't think at that point in time they needed everything. Um, They just needed to know something. Was it right what he said, that basically that they were on the way home because Rachel had the the vaccination, vaccine? No. Because she didn't, and he didn't know that. But I think he was just thinking he was hopeful. He was kind of taking a deep breath and like, oh, this might be it. He said to Rachel when he confronted her, you said you'd have brought champagne if you had some. So I think he was hoping for the best, and that's what he was telling people, which I don't think he should have done because he was jumping the horses. He should he would just taken a back seat, kind of said what happened when they were on the island, said the progress, but not said, we're on our way home. The vaccine, we're, we're good. Um, is jumping the horses a British phrase that we don't know about? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I've never heard it before. I was just wondering if you... Yeah. yeah. That... I've said that before. Okay. Oh, Does then... it mean, like jumping the horses. I knew like, what you meant. Like you jumping know what the I mean? Yeah. Not an expression we use, but I knew what you meant. <laughs> That's our way of like nicely admonishing you. Like, don't say <laughs> that. Nice. <laughs> nicely asking what the hell I'm talking jumping about. Jumping the horses. I think you meant hold your horses and jump in the gun. And they like got Maybe me. I just meant a baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say uh, one thing that I totally lost my train of thought because that—that that was the only thing I heard from you is jumping the horses. What are we talking about? I will say one thing, and I think it was Mark Twain who maybe is accredited with saying this. And I don't know if he actually said it. Who knows about quotes? You know what Abraham Lincoln said: "Don't ever trust trust a quote you read on the internet." Um, that was a joke, guys. <laughs> 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 Anyways, all right. So Your that jokes fell sound flat. very. Yeah, they they don't really roll with us. <laughs> we don't really laugh. We're Do you foreigners. guys? You guys are foreigners. Do you yeah. know who Abraham Lincoln is? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> back to the point at hand. Whoever said this, Mark Twain or somebody else, said, "Tell the truth. There's less to remember that way." And when Chandler starts telling half truths, and some people know everything, some people know something, some people know a little. 
we've all done this in our life. Right. We've lied to people on some level. You don't remember who you told what to, and then you're always kind of playing catch up. Yeah. And that's where they get into trouble. If he lies to everyone, it's kind of easy to remember if it's a blanket lie because it's that lie. If he kind of lies to some people, kind of lies differently to others, other people see different things and he's got to cover up, that's when it gets really complicated and you can't remember all of it. Yeah. And that's when you get into trouble. My mom always says that lies have short legs. At one point, you're going to catch them. Lies have short legs and jump in the horses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're I, welcome. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It always it, you always find out. You know? I, yeah, like yeah, they have I agree. lies. Oh, yeah. You always find out some way or another. They come. They come out. And in this situation, people start to talk. That's what it was. It yeah. wasn't that just lies come out. People were just starting to talk because they realized that they didn't have the information that they wanted. Mm-hmm. If maybe they would have given them more information, they would have been. You know, happy for an extended period of time, but it got to the point where they started talking. Especially because there was, was so much going on in the ship, right? Exactly. They went in lockdown and they didn't even know what was going on. And they saw, you know, they heard about the monkeys being thrown off the ship and nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that started it. And then also Quincy. I mean, that was the main person that started this whole yeah. thing. He was like the underlying person, kind of the leader, the bad leader of the ship, spreading everything around, turning everyone against. Chandler and the leaders of leaders of the ship. Which, even to me, it's not even Quincy's fault. It's Bacon's fault. Oh, yeah. We know Quincy's not the greatest dude. We know Quincy has some weird motives, and we know that they don't like him, period. Mm-hmm. He's an enemy to them, whatever you want to call it. Why is Bacon even entertaining what Quincy's saying? Quincy's stuck in that room the whole time. He's speculating. Now, he was more or less right, but we know he's right. Bacon didn't know he was right. Yeah. So why, why hold any value in what Quincy's saying? Because I think when somebody says it all started to kind of link together what he what Quincy was saying, and I don't think Bacon really had any other theories for what was going on. So why wouldn't he believe him? If it, Bacon was in the dark so much, Quincy's theory is the only one that's in the light. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There was nothing else that was proving his theory wrong. So why wouldn't he believe him? There was nothing else for Bacon to hold on to that Chandler is doing good and everything's going right. Everything that Quincy was saying was adding up and Bacon, it was just... Right. It was answers for him. Yeah. It was some sort of answer for him. Mm-hmm. But I was also shocked to see him just kind of agree with him so quickly. At the very beginning, when we first, their first interaction a few episodes ago, he said, I don't want to hang out. You know, like, I don't want to be friends. We're just going to play chess. Yeah, even if I could help you, I wouldn't. Yeah, like, just, he was instantly against him with everyone else. He obviously tried to kill everyone. And I felt it weird that he quickly started to trust in his words. But... I, I get what you're saying. That mm-hmm. it's, it gave him some sort of answer. I yeah. mean, the right thing for Bacon to do would have been to go to Chandler and say, "Listen, this is what Quince is saying, and to be honest, I'm believing in him. So whether you tell us the truth or you know, I'm going to tell everybody else." In Bacon's defense, though, that's such a scary thing to do to go to the Chandler. I mean, he's the cook on the ship. Who is he to go to the, go to the Chandler and say? Well, Quincy's saying all this stuff, and you know, well, he's, it's, he's the only one who's talking to, to Quincy, you know, yeah. and and look at what it created. It's mm-hmm. kind of his responsibility, yeah. in yeah. a sense, to keep well, it's, them it's, informed. It's mm-hmm. him. You're right about that, but it's also Cassetti or Coletti or whatever his name was, Cassetti, who saw on Nightwatch her dumping yeah. monkeys off right. the ship and assumed the worst, which I understand, and you probably mm-hmm. would assume the worst. But Cassetti also didn't go to his commanding officer right. or yeah. Exo Slattery, whoever, and say to him, "Hey, this is what I saw." I need answers or what's going on or fix it or something and and they can find a solution. Especially yeah. Especially if she was doing something behind everybody's back, right? right. You should have gone like I saw I saw Dr. Scott doing this. Like did you know? 
See something, say something. Yeah. But this is what happens when you have groups of people, especially in a small surroundings. No one goes to, like, the higher person. Everyone gossips and talks about mm-hmm. it. That's what happens in every situation, wherever you are. This is no like the real world Nathan to- James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one goes to the top person to say this needs to be sorted out. It's mm-hmm. always, hey, did you hear this? What's going on? And then everything, it's like Chinese whispers that everything gets um, Hold on. multiplied. What do you call them? Chinese, Chinese whispers. whispers. What is that? You guys don't know that either? No. No, that's not no. a thing. It's not that we yes, don't know it is. that. It's not a thing. It Next is. week Chinese. on The Last Ship, Charlotte's going to tell us all the phrases she uses for everything. Just read your dictionary and <laughs> Chinese tell us. It's like when, you, when you, you tell your friend one thing and then your friend tells the next you person. You telephone? But telephone. No, no. Telephone. Telephone. That's what she wants. I don't know telephone. what that is. <laughs> Telephone's what you hold on the phone when you're oh, talking man. to someone. <laughs> right, but that's, yes, it's, you mean telephone. I'm to, glad you asked. We have to Americanize you very quickly. I know. Chinese whispers. Okay. I kind of like Chinese whispers. I don't understand the origin of that. I don't know. That's just what it is in English. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Be another British person on this panel. (laughs) Yeah, I get. No, we don't because then you guys would talk in British code and this whole thing would go to hell. It'd be gibberish. Chinese whispers. Okay. But the point stands I know what you're saying that that when you get in small compartments, and they talked about it with the virus, and I think that was a metaphor. They were talking about how the virus, when you live on top of each other, that virus multiplies very quickly. Well, the virus, quote-unquote, that was multiplying was Bacon talking from Quincy, talking to everybody, and that spread like wildfire itself, and that was the talk and the conjecture. So you are right about that, that the gossip does spread. And it's not just like, you know, 15-year-old girls, like on Mean Girls or some teen movie gossiping. Anybody would do it, including soldiers. I mean, it's Mm not... Did you say excellent movie? Excellent movie. It had to be. It had to be. Gotta give the credit. On, credit on, exactly. Thanks, Raina. On Monday nights on the last ship, we wear pink. We should. We should. <laughs> Next week. Okay. Back to. Back I'm kind to of impressed how we're kind of bringing all this outside stuff into the show. You yeah. know, giving a little levity. I'm sure everybody hates us. Yeah. Let's get back to the show. Um, okay, so the, the key for me, and we can obviously, everybody kind of knows what happened. Spoiler alert, they get locked down, the lockdown gets lifted. Uh, Danny has dengue fever, which we will talk about in a minute with his relationship with Foster. But the key for me with this is Chandler bringing everyone to the deck, all hands on deck, and talking to them and coming totally clean with them about everything. Because they are in this weird balance point right now. Where, yes, they are part of the U.S. Navy. Yes, there is a hierarchy. Yes, they report to the person above them who reports to the person above them. But the president may be dead. The country may not exist anymore. They don't really technically know. We haven't seen any communication from anybody in weeks. So they don't know anything. So these guys who wanted to defect, or I guess wanted to unenlist because their enlistment was done, they had a right to do that. Mm -hmm. And they were able to do that. And really they could because the Navy may not exist. But at least Chandler went to everybody and was transparent about everything and I think if it were a normal Navy mission that would never happen. But because of what's going on, he realized exigent circumstances, I have to tell everybody everything and I have to introduce everybody to Dr. Scott, which was the right move. Yeah, and I think that gained a lot of respect for her and will make her life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. These these situations are way different and I agree if it was something else, if it was maybe just a typical mission, not that any mission is easy, but just a typical mission for them, Probably he wouldn't feel the need to give them this information, but in this and he case, didn't. He didn't in the Arctic. They were in the exactly. Arctic for four months, totally in the dark, <laughs> and nobody mutinied then because right. they knew this is the government, this is the mission. And then when everybody realized the world was ending, it was kind of like, well, yeah. where is the government yeah. anymore? Yeah, I mean, do we have to follow? 
and they need help. Let's be honest here. It's a huge ship. Imagine if people just start leaving. Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of? So they need all the help that they can get. Yeah. That's a good question. To actually run the ship that size, how many people would you need? You'd need 15 or 20 to do. I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i no ship expert, but you couldn't do it with like six oh, people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely not. So, yeah, that is a good point. And, and he was right. Chandler said it. And, and I wrote down what he said. It's Maybe I didn't write down what he said. It's <laughs> it's something along the idea of um, this is the test. If they go, hope goes with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that if that first group of people goes, everybody becomes hopeless. Everybody starts to wonder. And then more people. Yeah. If you didn't stop the first group, why would you stop the second group? They right. can go too. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice when they when he first called the meeting and everyone was outside, he switched the voice change and it was obviously voiceover and it killed me. I know. This is the first time that I've really thought. I hated that. I thought somebody else was talking. It was like only like two sentences. It, it was. Yeah. It was like they added in that extra sentence to get everything together to keep it continued. But it just, it killed me. I was like, why did they do that? Because you could clearly tell that that was recorded in the studio and he was actually filming it when he was. And it just that one sentence. And that's the first time out of everything that editing the filming that I've just said, I hated that. You know, it, it, was, really, it, was, it was really, really obvious. It was so yeah. noticeable. I was writing notes literally when he was doing that, and that voice came on, and I looked up because I thought it was a different person. I did yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's one of those things, right? There's, you're so used to talking with your normal voice, and and then we come to the studio, and like you were saying before, we have like our host's voice, or we talk differently. And for actors sometimes, maybe he just thought he was... In a studio. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that, yeah. but I'm surprised and that they, they used that. Yeah. Exactly. They, yeah. they, they should have Yeah. The fact it, that they just added in, a, they really didn't, I don't remember what the sentence was, but it, they could have done without it. They didn't necessarily need it, and mm-hmm. it just killed the whole scene for me, because I was like, that was all I could think about. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, and, and I mean, we can't speculate about anything, but that's kind of the cool thing about, I wish we'd see more behind-the-scenes stuff with filming, is mm-hmm. maybe everything was perfect, the scene went off perfectly, and maybe in the editing room, something just got lost right. in the digital, you know, you never know, yeah. something weird yeah. could happen, and two days before they had to lock this thing in, they needed a voice. Yeah. So weird mm-hmm. stuff happens like that, so yeah. I don't know, but it really stood out to me, too, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I don't remember the line itself, because I was so thrown, and I was like, Wait a minute. It's right. on the deck, and it was not a picture of Chandler's face. They were showing the mm-hmm. entire crew, right. and there was a pan where the crew was – there's a group of the crew here, and there's a group <laughs> of the crew here, and it was yeah. a little L, and yeah. it was panning across that L, and that was the that sentence was where his voice yeah. was. Absolutely. Yeah. It made me forget what he was saying. Yeah. Right. I agree. <laughs> it all was forget. Yeah, I was just like, uh, watch his uh, like, Huh? <laughs> but anyways, after Chandler's phantom voice um, – <laughs> At, oh, well, one quote. Here's a good quote. I wrote it down and then I texted it to a bunch of people because he says it when they're meeting Dr. Scott. Quote, it's easy to believe in people when they are succeeding, but that is not what we're about. We have to believe in each other when we are failing. And you guys, I just want to let you know, I believe in you. Aww. I believe in you, too. I don't know if I believe in you, Does that mean I'm failing? <laughs> I know. I, I don't no. know why you guys said no. Aww. <laughs> he was telling us that we were failing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it like that. <laughs> Sorry, you, just, you need to Whatever. jump your horses or something. Well, I threw it right back at you. <laughs> I was like, what? Why are they on It reminds me of the Beyonce quote that everybody uses. Um, if you're... Oh, darn it. It's something about, like... Put a ring on it? No, 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 guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's something about like if you don't like me, am I worst? Like, oh, you don't, you don't deserve, deserve yeah, yeah. Beyonce, Am I Beyonce? Yeah. There's like a, a Beyonce. I've always version. heard that attributed to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, that's what I was th- thinking. It's Marilyn Monroe. We're talking a lot about historical quotes I know, on this show. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there are not many shows, not many AfterBuzz shows. You guys, you're going to get Abraham Lincoln and Marilyn Monroe in the same show. I'm just and saying. Mean girls. Mean and Mean Girls. And Mean Girls. Oh my god, what a combo! <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, Marilyn Monroe, Mark Twain, and Mean Girls. Okay. Um, last point to make about Chandler in this story is at 0700, and we called this, and I think probably everyone at home mm-hmm. called this. Nobody left. They reenlisted. Listen. As much as I love America, and Monty, as Americans, I think we're confident in saying that you guys don't even know America's <laughs> awesome. Um, and it's oh, great. We know. That's why we're here. <laughs> we're here. I've been here for a long time. Very well. But, you know, being American, well, you'll know. Um, oh, yeah, you're the only one. <laughs> you're not American either? I mean, I, I kind of. I guess. I thought yeah, you were a you citizen, are. though. I I am not a citizen. I am a permanent resident. I was born in Costa Rica. You know what? Then forget it. This is all about me right now. (laughs) I will say this. As much as I love America, too much patriotism, and this is true of any country, too much patriotism is a little over the top and you don't want to do whatever. The patriotism on this show is so over the top, but I love it. See, I love it. I haven't thought it was too over the top. I've liked it. I love it. It's I, so yeah. great. I think it's pretty over the top. <laughs> I did so not great. think it was over the top. I yeah, think I, it's, I think this is how it is. I think yeah. that's how they feel. It's so great. It, it mm-hmm. makes me wonder how, if they're showing the, this show in other countries, how other people feel. How they view that's it. That's a great point. Because you guys know better than I do, but I know a little bit how right. other people okay. feel about the American exactly. military. Exactly. Everybody, everybody sees, not everybody, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of people see Americans as that, right? Like, Ugh. Yeah. And, and it, it would be interesting to see what other people think of the show. I have always, in my dealings in other countries, and I don't mean Western Europe, no offense to the UK, but that's a little mm-hmm. bit different than other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. But my dealings in other countries in the Middle East and elsewhere, those people generally, not everyone, loves Americans, loves individual American people, thinks they're great, loves American culture, and very strongly has opinions or straight up hates American government, American military as the police force of the world, whatever. And I'm generalizing very broadly, of course. Right, right, right. But it's true. But there's a lot of that. And this is over-the-top American military policing the world and going place to place, even though the world is different now. Mm -hmm. I would be really interested to see if this is getting shown. So if we have some people from different countries watching, please let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we do. We've gotten tweets from the Netherlands before, which again, Western Europe might be different. But I would be very interested to hear stuff about Where are my Brazilians at? (laughs) (laughs) I think they're still mourning that World Cup game, seven oh, nothing. <laughs> I just have to do that as many times as I don't know anything about Fine. soccer, but I got to do that as many. That times was as rough. Possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'll just go to the corner and cry right now. <laughs> Thanks, mommy. And then let's talk Quincy real quick. I know we've talked about him a little bit, poisoning Bacon's mind, but nobody really liked Quincy. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if you really cared for him that much to begin with. How much do you hate him now? Ugh, hate him. But I want to know where is his family. Like, I want to see, when he says about, oh, I was doing it to save my family, where are they now? I want to know what's going on. Just a little cut to the Russian ship just to see where they are. Yeah, we I don't know. I'm about in, that yeah. in a long time. Are they dead? Who knows? Who knows? I would love to see the Russian ship. I would also love to see, and I don't know if it would take away from the focus and if you could even do it, but show me somebody on land somewhere. somewhere I know they did yeah. it with El Toro in the context of the Navy here. 
And apparently, based on coming attractions, they will do it next week with that woman on that, it looked to be Jamaican ship with a Jamaican mm-hmm. flag. So maybe something's there. But show me some of the people talking on the radio. The lady who said she was in Dalton, Georgia, show her to me. I would yeah. love to see something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it would take away too much from what they're doing. So right. maybe, you know, season two. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait and see. Which is going to be interesting what they end up doing in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that in predictions, actually. Let's talk now about Dr. Scott. We have seen a lot of development with Dr. Scott, and we're learning how how many faults she has as a scientist. Not that she's not a good scientist, but how long the scientific method takes sometimes and how Chandler and the rest of them can't necessarily appreciate it. And I actually gained a lot of respect for Dr. Scott in this episode. Not that I didn't have it to begin with, but just the fact that she not only has to deal under the gun with literally saving the world and doing this vaccine and doing whatever, and she puts herself in danger every day by being around it, literally, in a makeshift lab in a ship. She also has to deal with all the pressure that Chandler and the rest of them put on her. And I think Chandler's been incredibly patient and incredibly professional, and I know he got very mad at her at points today, Mm -hmm. but it was still measured anger. He never lashed out at her. He was very professionally angry if there's such a thing. That being said, she's got to be feeling the heat from everybody all the time and still has to figure out a way to do this stuff. you got to give her a lot of credit. Yeah, well, she does feel the heat because she doesn't go and eat with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, she hides away in her lab and only the only person that wants to hang out with her is Tex. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I'm all go for Tex. it, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me, too. Yeah. He, he just, like, you're, like, intensely looking at the TV and then he just makes you laugh. I don't know. Nothing is sexier yeah. than a couple where the woman is putting together a vaccine to save the world and the guy is just hanging out with a beard and a little, you know, skin-tight muscle shirt. <laughs> Nothing's better than that. Let's be honest. That's yeah. America right there. America. <laughs> but, no, I can't imagine the pressure she's under. Like, I cannot imagine being under what she's going through what she's going through. Especially when she was um, looking after Danny and everyone was saying, well, does he have the vaccine? And Chandler was saying, in front of other people... Yeah. In front of the crew, well, what if you're wrong? What if this is a different strain? And and she's trying to convince him. But you can tell in a voice that she's a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And she's a bit worried about mm-hmm. Well, she's very worried about him, too. But it must be a strange feeling that the one person that everybody looks up to is kind of bashing you. Do you yeah. think any of it has to do with a woman being in a man's environment? We can look at Foster, who we'll discuss in a second. She is a woman in a man's environment in a sense, because there's obviously more men in the Navy than women. But... She signed up to be in the Navy. She knew what she was getting into and theoretically was somewhat prepared for it. Scott's a doctor. Rachel Scott's a doctor. She didn't sign up to be in the Navy, but she's found herself in a very masculine environment in very high tension. And when she gets confronted by all those guys around her, I'm not saying they're going to like beat her up or something. I don't think she was scared like that. But I think she was fearful in a sense of having to confront all these hyper-masculine men and try to get them to see her side when they may already be predisposed to distrust her, even from the beginning. Totally. That's why it makes me wonder a little bit about her background. I wish we would have some sort of flashback, just to know a little bit, because she has a very, very strong personality. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a strong person, she doesn't crack easily, and it makes me wonder why she's the way she is as a scientist, right? She's, yeah. Like you said, she's not in the Navy. Yeah, but I think she, I think, I kind of disagree a little bit with you. I feel that that's why she's maybe uncomfortable because she's very, I think she's very hesitant sometimes. Like when people speak to her, she has a face of like, 
how much do I really trust what you're saying? And I think that's because of her surroundings. Like, she's a scientist. She's not used to this kind of area to be in. So I feel like being on this ship has maybe brought out sides of her that she didn't know she had. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she's maybe never had to be this strong person in a, in a man's world. She's always kind of been the one with the pants, like, leading, you know, the, the show. She was in charge of Quincy. She's been the one jumping horses, is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I'm going to try to bring that up, like, three more times during the show. Let's see how many times I can get it. At least. <laughs> I think she's always been the power, the power woman and the, the person that people, I think she's probably, a lot of people probably hate her, including Quincy. I'm sure there's been tension at times when that she's the head, she's the boss, and he has to do what she says, pretty much. And obviously the tension's built up, and now he hates her, and I think all the feelings are coming out. But I think she's probably always had a rough time with people hating on her, Mm -hmm. and her being very good at what she's doing, and she had to go to all those people to make, just to let her try and get this vaccine and she beat all the other scientists or whatever happened to let her do it. Um, So I think she's always been the strong woman and probably been hated along the way. And let's remember the one personal fact of her life that we know is her quote-unquote relationship, which was some guy coming into town every two weeks for a night or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I assume if this was a continuous thing that she wasn't being used, or at least she was doing as much using as she was being used in that relationship. So she had to have some sort of agency to be able to want to do that, to commit to non-committing in that sense, and to be tough enough to shut off the emotion or whatever and say, I don't care about this person, or I I don't care that same way about this person, I'm just in it for the physical side or whatever. And that takes, man or woman, that takes a tough, different kind of a person to do that. And if you can do something like that, if that's what she did, as it turns out, maybe she is predisposed to handle this a little bit better than we think. Yeah, I think that relationship kind of backs up the kind of person she is. And I have a feeling that we might see flashbacks to again, tell us why she's this hard. I'm surprised we haven't seen more flashbacks in general. We saw very brief stuff with Chandler and his family and stuff like that. I'm surprised we haven't seen more just to develop characters and things like that. Yeah. And it's late. It's This is, you know, we got four episodes left. I'm sure we can see some, but it would have been established earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I guess we'll see. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about well, the other love story on the ship, Foster and Danny, which you've seen as a love story for a while, then it wasn't a love story, then they broke up, then Tex kind of got in the middle of it and was doing whatever. And we had a funny Tex scene today when he was talking to Danny before Danny got sick mm-hmm. about, you know, her initials are KFC and you can drop the C and stuff like that. So Tex knows everything. No surprise. Um, what about this relationship with Danny? First off, what about the dengue fever? So how did he get that? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. How did he get that? And why only him? Yeah. 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 Did, he, did he, like, drink river water and they weren't watching or something? Like, what, what did he do? Uh, well, I thought dengue fever are transmitted with uh, mosquitoes, I yeah. think. Yeah. Right? So wouldn't you think, unless the mosquito died, other people would get sick? Maybe yeah. they will. And, 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 you know, it, it does come from uh, still water, you know, polluted mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Where is the, the water? Yeah, it's it was from- weird that he was the only one and... It was just strange. Yeah, it wasn't really was, established. I, I was like, how did he get this the whole way? Thank God it wasn't the virus, though, am I right? Right. Yeah. Well, I, this would be the so finale. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that it was the virus. My theory was it was the virus, but it was it was going to be a different strain, and it could only be um, passed on through blood. Okay. Oh. But 
I was completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Completely wrong. Well, then, the interesting thing in this situation, though, is not so much Danny and that virus because they learn pretty quickly. The lockdown gets lifted, blah, blah, blah. The interesting thing is Foster running in during the lockdown, could have been putting the crew at risk had the virus happened, and then Chandler getting really, 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 really (laughs) angry with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally deserved, right? Yes. Yes. Totally yeah. deserved. Yeah. It did. But it kind of showed how much she loves him. You know, oh, she's yeah. willing to die. Because if you had the virus and they're in the same room, she was going to die. It was almost like Romeo and Juliet. Well, not really. But, <laughs> but you know, like she was Forbidden there. love, the Forbidden family won't allow it, the Navy yeah, won't allow it. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, I was thinking she didn't know he had the virus, so she wasn't really willing to die because she didn't know about it. But well, I, I every, get what you're coming from. Everyone no, no. was talking that it was the virus. Yeah, she she did know because they yeah. had a lockdown and she knew yeah. he got sick. And so she was like, if he has it, I. The first oh. thing she said was, yeah. if he has it, I, I have it. it. Yeah. I'm done too. And so I think she did. She didn't because they didn't have lunch together. She was lying about that. Yeah. So, obviously, she just heard gossips of what was going on and him being sick. And everybody said, oh, my God, it's the virus. And she was like, I'm going in. Is that how she did it? Did she run just like that? (laughs) She went Baywatch in through the (laughs) shit. I'm coming, Danny. That's that's why we've got a a professional model on the panel. Because whenever we needed a Baywatch, you you were the one to do it. You don't want to see me doing that. Oh, my God. If the Baywatch... It was like that. I feel bad. <laughs> I hope it was better than this. I've never actually watched it, though. But I agree. I agree with Marina. I think it showed how much she cared about Foster because Foster, Foster. I'm sorry, gotten confused. Foster has made it very clear that she's very into Green. Danny's the one that kind of put a stop to it. Yeah. And I think this was her breaking the kind of the the barrier he had put for her. In showing, I act, I do really care about you, you know. So I don't know if she was prepared like Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> but I do think she was showing her her love, her real love, and it was bad because from mix, mean, McSteamy yeah. let oh, her have Lord. it. Who yeah. went from Mean Girls to Romeo and Juliet today? Last question about Foster and um, and Green about Kara and Danny is Chandler tells Kara, "Here's your punishment: two weeks, blah blah blah." And you will also tell everyone your story as an example. Awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. Also, I think he wants to use an example to say, don't do this anymore. Don't be doing this stuff, people. Mm-hmm. And third, I think this is his newfound transparency. That he's kind of like, if I have to be transparent, everyone has to be transparent. And if what you're doing affects the whole ship, you need to come clean and be transparent about it, too. So guess what, Kara? You're going to be the first guinea pig. I told everything I know. You need to tell everything you know. No more secrets on the ship or this is going to implode. I think that's a good example to set. Now everything's open. and ev- But I don't think everything's going to be open. I don't think Chandler's going to tell them everything. I, I don't know. I, I, there's yeah. always going to be secrets, right? I yeah. mean, it doesn't matter. There's always secrets. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in her telling everybody, to be honest. I don't get it. I understand that you're trying to punish her, but all this is going to do is create another topic of gossiping, yeah. another topic of conversation when it's it's doesn't need to be talked about. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, though, most of the crew probably knew. Already knew. Yeah. So what's she really losing out? Yeah, if Tex figured it out so quick... Yeah. I'm sure a lot of other people knew. Hey, Tex is a great judge of character. Yes, okay. he is. I like him. You better like I him. I like him. I like him. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great American hero, Tex Nolan. Let's. Uh, <laughs> He's a classic. <laughs> Such he a charmer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into uh, news and gossip right now. After Buzz TV News. All right, Monty. I understand you've got some hot stuff off the off the oh, tablets. Oh yeah, guys. Eric Dane finally gets Twitter. 
Yay! <laughs> All I want are some shirtless selfies. Yeah. Is that too much to ask you for? You follow me. You could have had that from me. Is there such a thing as like right. a Twitter stalker <laughs> law? Because um, let me. I don't think you. Just so you know, it's the real Eric Dane. That is his name. It's verified. It, it's verified because Shonda Rhimes creator of Scandal and Grey's Anatomy uh, welcomed him in. So that's how it was verified. And he replied to her and said, thank you. Yes. Haven't we all been there where you get on Twitter and your first tweet is from Shonda Rhimes? Uh, (laughs) You know, that was me. (laughs) What a life. What a life. life. I know, but I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait to tweet him about the show and maybe get some of those selfies. Not to cross shows, we all do Murder in the First Charlotte and you know Tay Diggs. Mm -hmm. There is no one who could possibly do Twitter worse than Tay Diggs. So Eric Dane, you can't do any worse than Tay Diggs. I'm sure you'll be fine (laughs) on Twitter. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Don't add 60,000 people all I want is to <laughs> yeah. follow 60,000 people. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I do I do a sports web show, and Tay Diggs followed that show. Oh. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why? He just loves you, Bobby. <laughs> you don't even know me. It's definitely not me. How do you He's know? He's like, that's that American that talks about my show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're not we're not talking about Tay Diggs anymore. Do you have any other news? No. Okay, I got this two the, things. This is all that matters in life. That right is now. really all that matters in life. <laughs> uh, I know you guys talked about it last week, but I wanted to say congratulations on the season two renewal. 13 episodes instead of 10, which is a big one. And the numbers, this is Basic Cable's number one scripted series all summer. It is Cable's number one new series year to date. And it has more than 7.2 million viewers live on average every week. This year, that's a blockbuster. Yeah, yes, raising the bar. That's a huge show, and TNT knows what they're doing with shows like this. But yeah. that's a huge show for them. Yeah. So, thirteen episodes. Uh, I didn't get a date on when they will be out. I assume it's next year. So mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. about that. Um, last piece of news and gossip: Eric Dane. Speaking of him, and speaking of Murder in the First, which is another TNT show, Eric Dane will be joining Murder in the First's Kathleen Robertson on a four-hour miniseries that is currently being filmed in Montreal. It's going to be uh, um, produced and shown in Canada, and they're shopping it worldwide, including America. It is called The Fixer, and it features Robertson, who is a great actress. Uh, she is an investigator probing an oil rig disaster, facing a rival private, inv- private investigation by a secret tipster played by Eric Dane. Ooh. Sounds good. There you I'll go. watch anything that he's in. And a miniseries. Can we so do maybe, the after buzz for it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Four-hour miniseries, I assume it's four episodes, so maybe a little, you know, true detective style... Whatever. Awesome. Yeah. I would exciting. love to see them act together. Yeah. Yeah, it would be something because yeah. Kathleen Robertson's awesome. She's and great. Yeah. Lord knows how y'all feel about Eric Dane. <laughs> Mix steamy. Um, yes. Okay, just keep it in your pants. <laughs> Before we get out out of control, let's do predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. All right, just a couple minutes to go. So Charlotte, what do you think? I think well, obviously it's a setup. What the boat, whether with that lady, um, I don't think it's the Russians, and I hope it's not the Russians. I hope it's somebody else. I don't think it is. I don't think they found them. Um, but obviously, we see Chandler in the water. I think he's going to be fine, though. I think everyone's going to mm-hmm. get back onto the ship. But hopefully, they find something else out from this other group of people that are now alive. Maybe they get together with. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. maybe they do. Um, I think we're going to see more of Rachel. I think there's going to be more flashbacks, and we'll get to know a little bit more about her. I don't think she's going to have the vaccine. I don't think she's going to have the vaccine by the end of the, mm-hmm. the season. Interesting. I'd, I'm not really sure what to think about the, the quick preview we saw, so I won't comment much on that. I, I do think Chandler will be fine. I don't think he's going to die or anything like that. <laughs> um, 
I think they're going to have to make a stop somewhere soon, um, whether for fuel or more monkeys or food or whatever, and that's going to cause some trouble. And I still think the Tex and Rachel are going to make up the season. Yeah. And by make up, you mean, yeah. I mean make out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> make out. No, they're going to make out this season. Or at least a kiss. Something's going to happen between the two of them this season. Interesting. I'm also not going to comment on the preview. I didn't I didn't know what to predict from it. Yeah. I don't think Eric Dane's going to die. I actually think that now that they have um this whole open way of communicating with each other, that we're going to start finding out more stuff because they're going to be requesting to find out specific things. They're going to be saying, I, we, we should go here. This is where most of our family is and stuff like that. So I think the crew might have a lot more to say. I will comment about the preview we saw. Somebody mentioned in that preview that it was a trap or whatever. I think the Russians, who have been circling around Cuba and the Caribbean themselves, they've gotten to the Jamaicans. And they have poisoned the Jamaicans against the Americans and lied to them. That woman had a Jamaican flag on her boat, so whatever the Jamaican Mm -hmm. thing was. And they've poisoned the Jamaicans against the Americans, and I think the Russians and the Jamaicans or whomever are allying, and we've got another new battle on our hands between Americans and Russians. That's a good prediction. I'm telling you. All right, guys, social links, shout-outs, plugs, stuff you guys are getting into. Charlotte, what's up? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at charlotteb underscore TV or charlottebroadbandtv.com. I don't know my own website. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rena Brazil. You guys can find me on Twitter and, and Instagram at Monsi Bolanos. And guys, I just recently finished producing a documentary about Skid Row, which is a homeless district here in Los Angeles. I followed around Stefan Wallace, who is an AfterBuzz host, one of the coolest people in the world. It is a fascinating documentary, if I do say so myself. It will be released this week, so if you follow me on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro, You'll get a link to watch it. That's it this week on The Last Ship, guys. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for having me back this week from my sickness last time. We're glad Maybe he has the virus. Maybe I did have the virus. I just, relax, I had dengue fever. It was dengue fever. It was cool. All right, we'll see you guys a week from today for more Last Ship. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 